You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking about uh, cholesterol, and the occasion is September's Cholesterol Education Month. And, you know, there's a lot of powers that be that are using this month to get people to go out and get their cholesterol checked and all that stuff. And, and I have to say, I'm, you know, unfortunately, I think there's kind of an insidious uh, motive behind it. It's because... Uh, this has been studied, and there have been some exposés on this, is that uh, so-called uh, patient advocacy groups, you know, with like National Hypertension Month or National Breast Cancer Awareness Month or what have you, National Multiple Sclerosis Month, uh, that the contributions are often uh, either overt or stealthy from drug companies uh, or uh, when there's a surgical solution, you know, a device maker. Uh, or, you know, say it's Osteoporosis Awareness Month. It's like the people who make DEXA scans kick in big bucks. So, you know, sometimes uh, you kind of have to look behind uh, these uh, benevolent motives uh, because, yes, indeed, we want people to be aware of cardiovascular risk and reduce their risk by all means necessary. But uh, it's we don't want to just make it uh, a shill for big pharma so that they can, uh, uh, you know, market more and more drugs. And, and now there's a whole slew of drugs. I mean, forget statins. There are drugs that'll knock your LDL down to the you know 20s or 30s. It'll make it virtually vanish. Uh, they're injectable. Uh, there's a whole slew of new drugs coming on stream. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, kind of big business meets public health. And sometimes, uh, you know, you get a little bit of an insidious motive. Well, without a doubt. I mean, I, well, first of all, I think anything that would bring awareness to people to take care of themselves is a good thing. It's a good thing, yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, um, it's also not meant to act as a funnel or uh, herding the cattle into a prescriptive response to the solution. Right. So I think the, the big issue there is, you know, why don't we try to just get information to people for the, you know, for the sake of them being aware of their issue. And then the next piece is, well, what are the right things for me to do? Do I have to go to a statin right away? I mean, I think of a lot of people that have no previous coronary events. So look, you're just a little bit elevated and they're being told, oh, yeah, just go ahead and get on the statin, you know, get on this low dose you know, Crestor or, or, you know, Lipitor. And, 
and the reality is there's a lot of natural compounds and lifestyle changes that you can make and should make regardless um, that you can do to really reduce your risk. I mean, you can reduce your risk, I mean, uh, up to 40% just on one intervention. And I want to emphasize the choice is not binary because actually uh, one of the most interesting right. studies done on the progression of cardiovascular disease, looking at uh, uh, the scores on uh, you know successive calcium screens, uh, involved people who were on statins because you know to do a study these days, if somebody has cardiovascular risk, it's unethical to say, oh, you can't be on a statin, instead take kyolic aged garlic extract. So you'd have to get what's called standard of care. This is actually dates back to the Tuskegee uh, syphilis study, where they were trying to d discover whether antibiotics were beneficial for syphilis. So they took uh, a group of uh, black men with uh, syphilis in the South. They didn't do it in the North, where they had, you know, uh, middle class or prosperous uh, Caucasians. They did it with impoverished black men. And they let some of them progress with their syphilis, and some of them got uh, antibiotics. And this became a classic right. of, you know, non-informed consent. The, 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 the poor guys undergoing this, this treatment or not undergoing this treatment, being withheld the treatment, didn't even know that there was an option. Uh, so anyway, so in newer studies, you're going to see anybody who's got cardiovascular disease, they're probably going to be on a stat. Right? They're going to be on blood pressure medication. They're going to be on a bunch of stuff. But what's interesting is these are very powerful medications. What's interesting is that they're even with the power of current medications, combining them with something like aged garlic extract uh, showed an additional benefit. There was a synergy, right? So uh, I think you're very aware of the study that um, I'm referring to. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they added aged garlic, um, and they've done several of these studies where they've looked at different things that have occurred when giving aged garlic in addition to the standard of care, which is, you know, an aspirin and, say, a statin. Um, is there's a 77% reduction in plaque progression when you are on aged garlic versus the standard of care alone. So adding the aged garlic reduced that progression of coronary artery calcium by 77%. That's a big number. Now you would have had, you would have had me at you would have had me at 10%, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. And uh, they also showed that it reduced oxidized LDL, which is, of course, the LDL that's like the rust. Like if you think of rust, you know, oxidized LDL is the like rusted LDL that's, you know, damaged. Highly reactive. Very damaged. And Highly leaves, reactive species. Very yeah. reactive. Damages tissues. Absolutely. 88% reduction in that. Hmm. And then the, the, what's the real key, which is interesting, and one of the studies that they showed, is that it stopped bone loss. And so when you stop bone loss, you don't give the matrix calcium to calcify the, you know, your, your plaque. So you, so it improved. So calcium staying in the bone, it's not density. going, it's not going into the interior of the arteries. In effect, it's, it's kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Which I think, you know, you start looking at all its different benefits, and then there's other ones as well, but just the fact that when you take it and it lowers your progression of coronary artery calcium risk by 77%, mm -hmm. my gosh, that's, that's, a, that's a big number. 
So, so speaking of, uh, and it, it, it seems to be, you know, garlic has benefits. We know that as a food, garlic has benefits and garlic extracts have benefits, but each garlic extract, there's some secret sauce to that process that kind of activates the ingredients or creates new metabolites that are helpful. Uh, there, there are multiplicity of ways in which it might reduce cardiovascular disease. So we mentioned, do, do you think it lowers cholesterol? Is that a legitimate claim or does it uh, reduce cardiovascular risk through other means? Actually, it lowers cholesterol, but not a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, you know, research, it showed, you know, 7% mm-hmm. you know, cholesterol, uh, LDL, uh, went down by 10 and then total cholesterol, you know, by 7%. Uh, so it, there, it does lower cholesterol, but I think the more important piece to it is, is that it makes arteries more healthy, meaning it lowers blood pressure at the same time. So arteries and are that's been shown in studies. More that's, that's not just folklore. That has oh, been over and over and over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. been demonstrated in multiple studies that it lowers blood pressure an average of you know ten to eleven percent. If you look across the different trials mm-hmm. on systolic, about six points on diastolic, and the other one is that it lowers inflammatory cytokines yes. that are associated with the development of heart disease. So, which, which is so can be be, for it, listening audience, you know, I know you wrote the metabolic code and, you know, you, you explain to people what tests mean, but you're very aware that the high, the HSCRP, the high sensitivity C-reactive protein is the marker par excellence for inflammatory risk for the heart. So That's right. So, Absolutely. So it will lower that. And by the way, recent studies show that you can lower cholesterol all you want. If you don't address the CRP, you're only going to get minimal reduction in cardiac events. So you you got to take care of everything at once. That's exactly right. And and so it lowering these inflammatory compounds, interleukin six, which is a cytokine. People know the term cytokine now from post pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and then another one called TNF alpha, tumor necrosis factor alpha. It went down in overweight people 33%. That's a big number. Wow. And so what you're, what you're doing, and, and you know, it's interesting because I've, I've seen very few extracts that have this pleiotropic or multiple effects on your metabolism. Love that word. I just love that word. <laughs> It, yeah. So yeah. It, in and, other words, and, it, it's yeah, kind of the it, opposite of side effects. It's beneficial effects. Like, you know, the, <laughs> exactly. It, it's like uh, bonus points for a medication or a substance. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the thing is, is that when you start to look at it, so we talked about its effect on oxidized LDL, talked about its effect on reducing coronary artery calcium, uh, reducing LDL. Even LPA, um, you reducing inflammation and LPA, ApoB, it's shown to lower apolipoprotein B. Um, it, it's going to make your blood less sticky, so your fibrinogen goes down if it's elevated. Um, but it, you know, it also raises something called adiponectin. Uh huh. And adiponectin is, is a is a compound that really relates to one oxidative stress and two. When a dipinectin is low, your insulin receptors don't work yes. as well. And of course, 
once your insulin receptors are, you know, I'd say inhibited, now all of a sudden your insulin levels are going up and that's going to cause a lot of problems in your arteries uh, because it will cause them to get stiffer and smaller. And that means I'm not getting blood to my kidneys, which is a risk. I'm not getting blood to my brain, which is a risk. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think when you look at it, there are so many different benefits. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, acting as a prebiotic. And of course, the gut brain connection has been very much established now. Uh, as a, you know, it's a issue that you know, when the gut's off and thrown off inflammatory compounds. In other words, the, the, the gut heart connection, that there suffering. may actually be such a thing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I think it's very, to, to me, I think it's very intriguing that one thing could have that big of an impact. I mean, you know, you, you know, I know we talked about this the last time that it, that it, you know, shrunk left, uh, enlarged left ventricles in diabetics by 1.63% in one year. That that that's a pretty amazing statistic. You know, when you look at, I'm, I'm reducing my enlarged heart. Yeah, Jim. I you know I recently um, read an article in one of the major journals. It might have been JAMA, uh, which essentially was a hatchet job uh, against the use of supplements for cardiovascular disease. And what they did in the study is they took a bunch of things. I, I think they they might have taken garlic, but it wasn't aged garlic extract, another, you know, garlic supplement. And they took, you know, things like berberine uh, and curcumin and a few other things. I don't know. I don't know how they picked these things. They seemed like some of the most rational choices. And they pitted them uh, against uh, statin drugs. And at the end of the study, they found that there was minimal change, no significant change with the in the uh, lipid profiles with these supplements, uh, but the statins you significantly lowered the lipids, and therefore they concluded that there was no benefit to supplementation for cardiovascular disease. But what we just said for the past you know fifteen minutes or so, I think argues for the fact that you don't just look at the cholesterol; you look at all the other ancillary benefits. Uh, when you talk about these types of supplements. That's exactly right. And and, they did, and, by the and, way, they didn't look at major, you know, they didn't look at cardiovascular events. They didn't look at deaths. They didn't look at heart attacks. They didn't look at the need for stents or bypass surgeries. They just looked at the, at the numbers. They said, well, the numbers aren't better, so these things don't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's somewhat frustrating, but I'm sure it was designed for a specific reason. Um, it was a hatchet and, job. You know, yeah, obvious. Yeah, it's a hatchet job, sure. And you know, I've seen enough people over the years at that view. I mean, I literally just had. I was I was interviewed on this Reverend uh, Radio Health podcast three days ago, and I talked to him two years ago, and we were talking about aged garlic extract, and he said, "You know what? I started taking aged garlic extract." I said, "Oh wow, it's great." He got off all his blood pressure medication. Mm. safely and he also started walking like five six miles a day so dropped some weight used the aged garlic and uh he's doing fantastic now good stuff yeah yeah absolutely well i can't i can't invoke a higher power i'm not a reverend but i do have an md degree which you know is, i mean is a little lower <laughs> on the hierarchy of uh credibility but anyway uh but let's not be a one no charlie about this because let's talk about 
you know, some of the other supplements, you know, first of all, let's establish a dosage because I find that according to the studies, you need about 2,400 milligrams of the Kyolic aged garlic extract. And there's a, I think the, the product that gives you 600, you've got to take four of them. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, there's, some, there's a few studies that show benefit at 1,200, but I always tell people 2,400 because that's where the majority of the I take 1,200 for prevention, um, but I don't take the full boat because I don't think I'm at high risk. So I just take a little bit daily, you know, once one 600 twice daily. Right, right. Yeah, It's, and that's the, res- the, right it's the reserve you, formula? You know, am, you're, I, you're, am I correct? It's called the reserve formula? Right, it's Kyolic Reserve. Okay. Yeah, and you're, you know, you, 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 you have no burden. Mm-hmm. You're exercising, you diet, you have your weight where it needs to be. 1,200 is enough for you. Mm-hmm. But for people that are already maybe borderline hypertensive, 125 over 85 kind of thing, um, and more, and they have lipids that are off, you take an ace garlic extract and doing a couple of them twice a day is probably a you know smart way to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, just taking garlic. This is a meta-analysis showed, like I said, up to a 40% reduction in cardiovascular risk. Hmm. Wow. That's amazing. That was 12 trials that they did that on. Hmm. And basically that was comparable to a statin. Or, or not, not a statin, I'm sorry, uh, antihypertensive meds. So, you know, I think that, the, you know, once again, what other things can you take? You know, obviously for women, there's been a lot of press on pomegranate extract. Hmm. And, you know, you know, in the ingredient, urolithin A. Which, which I take. Which is what's well, in why do you say for women? You think it's, you think it's a sex specific well, effect? Uh, well, I think, I think the, there's been studies on women for, um, small vessel disease mm-hmm. and, and prevention of progression. But I mean, I think men would benefit from it too. It's not a, yeah, not a problem. I, I take it for it, athletic performance. I, I, it has been touted as something that may improve uh, strength and endurance. And I take a, a MitoPure product. I know it's not it's not made by Wakanaga; it's an entirely other manufacturer. But um, right, that that is a product that I uh, think there's some science behind. And there's actually a big study in Nature, I think, on the benefits. Um, okay, so urolithin. Um, can we do a little bit of a lightning round and some other things? Some of my favorite things, like what about bergamot? You know, some people say, well, bergamot, it does lower cholesterol. It actually does lower cholesterol in some ways similar to red yeast rice. What do you say? Yeah, I, I like I like bergamot. I, I, I'll i tell you where I think I got I get my biggest bang out of bergamot is when people have a fatty liver. It really lowers your triglycerides. Okay. It really helps clean up the liver quite a bit. So I like bergamot. Um, red yeast rice you mentioned. I mean, it's great at re- you know getting rid of some some cholesterol. Um, I think niacin, but you have to be careful with yeah. niacin. I think they wrote uh, off they, they wrote off niacin, you know, uh, because of a, a, a study that was done with a drug form of niacin where it was paired with something that would uh, keep it from causing flushes, and it didn't really pan out, and. In fact, there are things that sometimes lower cholesterol or raise HDL that don't really reduce cardiovascular risk. But I think uh, there are enough studies that suggest that niacin could have a place. It's just that, you know, got to be careful. It's going to affect the liver. It's going to cause unpleasant flushing. And especially for people with high right. high triglycerides, it really is could be ideal. We did just take another yeah, look at it. Yeah, and I mean, the big, the big, 
yeah, the big thing you got to look for there is if your Billy Rubin's going up, if you're, you know, and and uh, watch the liver. But yep. other than that, I mean, I, it it remodels out. It, it it helps get down apolipoprotein D. Um, you know, obviously, you know, helps with triglycerides. Um, so I I'm a huge fan. Um, the other one, of course, is taking. You know, you, if you're looking strictly at cholesterol, you're wanting to bind it up, taking fiber or taking the, the, the plant sterol esters, uh, like the, you know, the plant fat butters that are, you know, you know, quote, heart healthy. Um, those can be invaluable. And, and look, the fish, people don't eat enough fish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting in the omega threes. To Which me, have a whole raft of benefits too for most people. T- talk about pleiotropic effects. Exactly. I think you know, uh, next to garlic, I think uh, uh, omega threes are possibly the most pleiotropic things around because they affect so many different pathways of disease. Absolutely, and and the big thing on the omega threes, of course, is that you know it's 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 blocking that what's called thromboxane A two pathway, which is an inflammatory pathway. So you know when you think about it. What you're really doing is trying to maintain the rate of burn in your chemistry. And anything that will help to reduce that rate of oxidative stress, something you should consider. Jim, do you think the, the bloom is off the rose with uh, vitamin E? Because vitamin E, you, I remember, I'm old enough to remember the, the Shoot brothers, Neville, Shoot, and not, well, I don't know, whatever their names were, uh, who wrote in the 1970s, about, when I was just a, a med student, about the benefits of vitamin E, and they thought it was a panacea against cardiovascular disease. And, and lately, you know, some studies are suggesting, yeah, vitamin E isn't what it was cracked up to be. Yeah, I, I think um, if you look at tocotrienols, which are a fraction of vitamin E, that's got some pretty good data on it. But just giving straight vitamin E, I think it's good to take, but I, I think you need the extraction like the tocotrienols to really make mm-hmm. a difference that mm-hmm. way. Like a, like a, a broad spectrum of the tocotrienols and the tocopherols mixed or something like that. Um, yeah, exactly. Olive leaf extracts are popular. Pycnogenol has been mentioned as a circulatory enhancer. Do you think those have a place? Um, yeah, I do. Um, because, uh, you know, I think pycnogenol or like the plant sterol and sterolins that are extracted from pine bark, you know, these are the things that are calming inflammatory signaling in the body. Well, that, that's, remember, another, that's body another product t- by Wakanaga, which is Magicare, right? That's correct. A, a sterol and sterolin. It does a very good job of modulating the immune system. And, you know, you've got, my gosh, they've got several formulas at, at Wakanaga. They've got, you know, a, the cholesterol formula, which is aged garlic with, with lecithin. And then, you know, there's aged garlic that's just for cholesterol. Uh, and then there's, Ace garlic for, for circulation and cholesterol. So they've got a wide range of ingredients that go with their aged garlic extract that can really help you if you're struggling with your, you know, with your blood pressure or just how you're feeling. I think it's a good idea to try for a couple of months and see if you feel better. Indeed. 
Uh, you know, just heads up, you can get more information at kyolic.com. Uh, that's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com or call 1-800-421-2998. And you can get their products uh, virtually everywhere because they're in all the major natural health retailers nationwide or online uh, or direct via kaolic.com. So, uh, okay, so uh, I also I wanted to mention a little bit about uh, exercise. And, you know, I know you work with a lot of uh, both amateur and professional athletes. You work with some NFL, NBA, uh, baseball uh, teams. Uh, I don't know about hockey, NHL, uh, but... Um, uh, Quite a few of those, actually. You do? Okay. Well, those are actually the most aerobic of all the athletes because, you know, the skating continuously... Uh, is even more aerobic than all the guys who run back and forth on the basketball court. Um, but uh, wh- when it comes to exercise, and there's been some controversy about this, and, and you know, as I get older, I, I begin to think about this because I'm an endurance athlete. I do triathlons and things like that. Is there kind of a, a U-shaped curve for exercise where uh, none is bad, obviously. Sedentary lifestyle is a killer. Too much sitting, too much TV time. Uh, and but at the other end, the other extreme, uh, is there a downside to, you know, unremitting uh, endurance training? You know, can it be harmful for the heart? Uh, I actually, yeah, I do believe that. And I think that's why you see a lot of, um, you see a lot of ex-athletes develop atrial fib. Yeah. You know, especially the high stress athletes, the the ones that are um, doing a lot of intense, like a football player, uh, why they fib in them. And I find that to be really interesting, too, that, you know, you think that they're super athletic, but, you know, there was a study that just came out that was really interesting. Uh, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can grab it because it's that interesting. It was a, it was they're looking at basically the microbiome and saying, you know, what happens to the gut when you exercise a lot? Well, it turns mm-hmm. out you start triggering a lot of met- metabolic inflammation. Mm-hmm. And, and you may worsen leaky gut. I mean, I think it, uh, uh, marathoners have been studied at the end of the race and they actually have increased gut permeability that it, in effect they're it's almost like they're having a, like a minor uh, intestinal infarction. You know, like there's so much stress to the intestinal tract that it causes leaky gut, which it lets the endotoxins get into the system. And, and that's not good. Well, that's exactly right, because the thing about the uh, thing about the, the whole endotoxin piece is that circulating endotoxin can attach anywhere and trigger inflammation signaling. So that that's a, a really big issue. So endotoxin is basically when your gut gets leaky and you start breaking down and killing off your bacteria, you release this component to the cell wall of the bacteria called lipopolysaccharide, otherwise known as endotoxin. And LPS will attach to heart tissue and mm-hmm. attach to any tissue mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. triggering the, an inflammatory cascade. And so, yeah, it's a major, major, major deal. I also want to give Dennis their due because I think it's an important piece of this. And I know our subject is, you know, it's National uh, Cholesterol Education Month. But when it comes to dental hygiene, periodontal disease, uh, that is 
a risk factor and you know it would be a shame to address all the other risk factors and and miss that one yeah without a doubt i mean you know you build lipopolysaccharide in your plaque and that plaque breaks down and then it gets released into your in your saliva you swallow it and then you have a binding protein that picks it up and carries it around and deposits it on the inside of your arteries so yes brushing your teeth and taking care of your teeth is incredibly important indeed yeah so uh uh, that's a nod to our uh, dentists and dental hygienists out there because uh, that's an important aspect of cardiovascular prevention that's all too often ignored. All right, have we missed anything? Because I think we you know, talked a lot about uh, many different factors. Uh, we talked about, I, I, I appreciate you mentioned the autonomic nervous system because I think we don't have a lot of handle on that. We can't, by the way, just a couple of things I want to ask you. How do we get, you know, we, we have like a lot of metrics for checking cholesterol and, you know, checking our blood pressure and, you know, looking at insulin resistance, you know, through blood tests and various tests. Uh, how do we get a handle on the autonomic nervous system? You mentioned uh, heart rate variability. Uh, Apple Watches now have that capability of picking it up, right? So it's actually becoming something that's more accessible to people than it used to be. Yeah, it used to be you have to get a whoop or an, a whoop band or an R ring, but now Apple's just put it on with their watch. Aura, um, that thing, yeah, that was right. The Aura ring, yeah, and, and really you're, you can measure your HRV and, and see whether or not it's flexible, meaning your numbers are in the 60s or 70s or 80s or hundreds even, or are you floating down around the 20s and 30s, which means you don't have a lot of variability. Uh, so it's easy enough uh, to be able to measure that these days. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, cortisol is something we routinely measure in our practices as a saliva measure. If you have very high levels of cortisol, that suggests that you're kind of in stress mode. Or alternatively, if you're in burnout mode, you, you can't even mount uh, a cortisol response. So your adrenals are flat. Um, so those are some ways that you can get a handle on that. And, and I, I agree with you. I think that that's a a, a much ignored aspect of cardiovascular health, the autonomic nervous system, which we, you know, we take a lot of supplements, we uh, exercise, we do a lot of things, but we you know, spend a little less time on our mental and emotional health. Well, people that overtrain, getting back to the, the training piece, mm-hmm. people that overtrain throw off their autonomic nervous system. Yeah. They get, they get stuck in fight or flight. And, yep. and that's one of the reasons that that overtraining, not only does it mess up the microbiome, but it, it starts to play with your autonomic nervous system. And, and I've, I've been there, you know, when I've trained for races. I, lately, I haven't pushed that hard with my training. But at times when I've trained for races, I have that kind of, you know, anxious feeling when I wake up. My heart rate is, instead of, you know, the usual resting heart rate that's, you know, in the mid-50s, you know, it's, it's in the 60s, you know, pushing 70 at rest, that's, you know, yeah. which is a sign of um, – uh, overtraining. It's just, and you know, and when you're, you know, with training sessions become really flat, you can't get your heart rate up, uh, you know, with exertion. Uh, that means you're overdoing it. Okay. All right. So th- thank you very much for a comprehensive look at this subject, uh, not just focusing on uh, cholesterol, but looking at, you know, the meaning of cholesterol without ignoring its importance, but also looking at all the other ancillary risk factors. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you, Jim, because you know, we generate some really exciting conversations, and I look forward to our get-togethers. Thanks for having me again. I, I love being on your show. It's always fun. Indeed it is. Well, thanks so much, uh, Jim Laval. And Jim, uh, you know, aside from, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, Kyolic.com. Where can people find information about uh, Jim Laval and some of the things you're talking about? Uh, they, uh, actually, just go to JimLaval.com. Okay. 
good stuff. I'm sure you've got a lot of education materials uh, for our audience. Thanks for joining us, Jim. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And Pleasure being the, here. Indeed. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. 